Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host. Well, we are recording this a couple of weeks in advance of release, so Luke would like to wholeheartedly join me in saying congratulations to Man City on winning the Premier League, but also well done to Liverpool for taking it on the last day. Speaking of Liverpool, kudos on winning the Champions League, kupos, and commiserations for somehow allowing Gareth Bale to score another overhead kick and losing it. Uh, what else? Um, oh, yeah. Maybe the war has ended, but probably not. Maybe Boris has got booted out, but probably not. Maybe I've lost weight, my willy has grown, and I'm no longer filled with this constant sense of imposter syndrome. But say it with me, probably not. Anyway, future people, it's my pleasure to introduce your friend of mine, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all very, it's all very triggering, isn't it, Rich? Yeah, probably. <laughs> big old, big old walking colostomy bag of imposter syndrome. <laughs> Just carry it, carry it with you. Carry it with me, like I'm burglar Bill, and that's my big, <laughs> big old sack. Big old sack of shame. Other than yeah. the big old sack of shame, I carry with me at all times. Rich, I'm doing fantastic. How are you today? Yeah, good, good. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, it means weird to talk about weather when this is going to be weeks weeks away from release, but it's a nice, we're having a nice spell of sunniness. And, uh, you know, that does make me feel better about about life in general. Hmm. Um, So our purpose today, sitting down, is we, we, we spent the last three weeks reviewing last season, putting it in the rear view mirror. And uh, the purpose of today's episode is to look forward and uh, look ahead to, to next season. We've got a retained list to talk through. Mm. What does it say about priorities and where does it leave us in terms of the squad we've got left? Um, and then we're, we'll just have a little bit of Mystic Meg-esque speculation about, about what the future might hold. Mm. You excited about the prospect? Of next season or the prospect of talking about next season? Both? How about both? Which would yeah. be more um, Making uh, bald-faced, um, terrible predictions about next season, which won't come true. Nice. Mind you, you are... I mean, you, you, you've now got previous in terms of your excellent number nine pick and your your goal tally for, for that supposed number nine last season. That was, uh, that was pres- prescient to the point of almost being spooky. I know I, I'm uh, I'm going to dine off of that for quite a while. Believe me, <laughs> is, it, is it sort of um, LinkedIn profile sort of territory? Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll, the guy I'll that predicted Luke Ledall, <laughs> instructional designer, star, a little little infant, the guy, the guy, and use some capitals to kind of you know stress some things. Who predicted Luke Gregory <laughs> would get to 15 goals a season? <laughs> And and maybe a job role as well, just to double down on it, like from the from yes. <laughs> last June present, the guy that gets things right, gets things right <laughs> about Wednesday's number nine workplace universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! So okay, well let's let's start at the at the beginning then. Retained list. We. Uh, mm. 
So we know that Saido Psycho Berahino uh, is on that is on the released list, mm. uh, as are Hutchinson and Che Dunkley. Mm. Thoughts? Uh, thoughts initially looking at the list. I mean, there's lots of thoughts. First initial thoughts looking at the uh, the website, which announces that uh, the club aren't fans of the Oxford comma, are they? <laughs> They're very much of the Vampire Weekend school of uh, verbiage and lexicology. Mm-hmm. But there we go. Um, this is a really mixed bag all round. So mm. we, yeah, let's talk about the players we release first, and then we can kind of. I think we could just just move through this uh, this press release uh, website article. Berahino, I'm surprised. Um, because I, I guess the interesting thing is, like, there's a weird kind of politics to this list, right? Yeah. There, there's a the nature of, like, we're, we're releasing you, we're letting you go. You've been disappointing. Uh, we're done. We want to go a different direction, etc. Many, many reasons behind that. There's also the mentality and the feel of, like, I think previously sometimes it's like we're trying to do a PR piece to the fans to say we have tried to keep X player. Yeah. yeah. Knowing that it's not going to happen. So we can get onto a few of those options later down this article. Barry Hino, I'm surprised that because I I don't know if, I I think there were other players that we heard about there being interest elsewhere for them. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of rumors right now about players going off and it'll be interesting to see over the coming weeks especially when hilariously this gets released which is uh, yes. it's going to yeah. be quite, quite a distance the, the most left field of those um, that I've seen so far is um, Trumpy Bomb Windass being mm. South American climbs and mm. uh, his sort of his ex-coach from Rangers maybe being involved yeah some interesting rumors yeah which which I did say to my dad this morning when I chatted to him on the phone, I said, what type of coffers do, does Argentinian football have? Yes. It's, it's not a place that I, I would think is money rich. And, you know, I, I use a comparison to say they are readying a bid much in akin to the way, you know, I'm readying a bid for a packet of crisps from the local spa. I am just obviously just need to spend a good 20, 20, 30 minutes scouring the floors underneath the sofa to get the bits of <laughs> bits of shrapnel together for that one. Um, but interesting. I mean, I guess there's an interesting connection there. That is something weird. Berahino, anyway. Um, I wondered yeah, whether sorry. there might be other interest in him elsewhere, but I'm just surprised for us to say we're done, given Darren Moore's links and the fact that we spent a lot of time getting him up to up to snuff. Up to snuff, yeah. Um, I thought that'd be something we could kick on with with him. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I guess there's a lot of dimensions here to say um, other players who really just want to be with be with Wednesday in the championship. Or yeah, it makes me wonder about what sort of wage he was on potentially, because um, uh, there's two scenarios with Berahino. Is one is that we kind of paid him in the expectation he was going to be good and we'd rekindle the flame and therefore maybe he got a fairly decent pay packet. The other one is, look, Sido, <laughs> you've not done anything for 10 years. Here's a kind of, you know, a little scrap of cash. It'll be more than you on in Belgium probably because 
presumably there's not very much money in the Belgian second division or whatever mm. he was in. Um, but the, it makes me want, it makes me think possibly we were paying him championship esque wages, and therefore there was no, we didn't want to keep paying that for somebody who at best has been all right in League One. Mm. Um, that that's what it kind of makes makes me think. But then still, could we have offered him something lower and he ends up on the second half of that list or is it just not worth bothering? Is it just, were we just paying him far, far too much? And it just wasn't worth it. That is interesting because I, I think we've previously had this in previous years that we've covered on this podcast. Like, you know, we try to make an effort to keep Stephen mm. Fletcher, to keep Morgan Fox. Yeah. Knowing that we're probably SOL. There's probably yeah. better offers on the table for them to go and investigate, which they did. Um so I'm just a little bit surprised, I think. I I was kind of hoping we would, I thought we would be keeping him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I assume so too. As you say, the main thing that made me think that was the connection, hmm. the connection with Darren Moore. And sorry, Luke, just uh, SOL? Uh, shit out of luck. Ah. Sorry, that's probably more of a North American expression. It's okay. It just was, I was like, I was trying to work it out and I was like, starting at a loss? No, there's not enough letters. <laughs> Uh, silly old loons. Silly old uh, loons. Yeah, <laughs> we often say that about the many uh, geese we have here. You know, <laughs> or like um, just dirty coins. Just like some of these silly old loons. Your wares. Always. Um, I think the other two are more clear cut, though, and maybe more obvious. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad we've we've decided to go with this route. I mean, first of all, Shay Dunkley um, would be madness to offer him another contract based off this time. Um, did you did you enjoy? Um, we're not going to get this with everyone, you know. Not every football player, which maybe in light of recent events, looking at a certain a certain shit number nine at at the pigs, <laughs> uh, running his mouth off on the socials and then also um, running his foot through, um, through a forest fan on the floor. Oh dear. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly parody parody. Um, not all football players then, you know, have, mm. have the socials, you know, not all the players um, try and develop that personal side of themselves, develop that promotional side of their brand, so to speak. Yes. So, and then some people just do it and then seemingly just kind of want to just think because they're kind of revered as football players, they think it's an opportunity to just be vocal about everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, we probably look a little bit at uh, maybe Josh Windass is very vocal on the Twitters. He does. He, he, ch- he chirps up regularly, doesn't he? He does chirp. He does <laughs> chirps. So we got a, um, as uh, Dom Housen put it, a lighthearted message to our teammates and supporters. And I, I mean, maybe that, that that is something I can probably give. He's certainly someone who, a character who um, has a bit of humor about him. Yes. Um, interesting enough, my phone just said, do you want to see this as it contains sensitive content? Oh. Um, which is weird. <laughs> but I, I did. I did have to laugh, but maybe not in the way that hopefully maybe was intended by Shay Dunkley. Um he says, I want to thank everyone at the club, staff, and my teammates for during my time at Sheffield Wednesday. Though my time was hampered, 
in part, in brackets, by factors regarding changes at the club, choice of selection, and part injury. (laughs) Though my my injury was in part disrupted (laughs) by occasionally playing football. Has he, I, I never get this term correct, and I wish I, I need to f- figure it out, Rich, while we're talking about terms and uh, burying the lead. Yes, yeah. You think he buried the lead in this one? Maybe a little bit. A little bit. But I was interested, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of, def- and I, I mean, the guy's a professional football player and will, I imagine, get a contract somewhere doing what, I don't know, you know, what level and, and where he's going to go, but I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he'll get employment future. And, and you know, so I, I, I think... You know, and and someone for him with his confidence in himself probably needs to defend his himself and his reputation. But I mean, just what a what an albeit just overall disaster of a signing. Terrible, really. One of the one a very bizarre thing from the outset. Mm. And and when's they are a team where these gambles rarely pay off anyway for us? But this truly. <laughs> Truly served no purpose for this football club. The the whole Dunkley experiment has been uh, pretty much an unmitigated disaster. Came in after a double leg break. Mm. Talked a big game, talked promotion in a relegation season, talked promotion in a season where we had a 12-point deduction. Mm. Um, maybe we should have known something was wrong at that time. I mean, he, what sort of pa- marvellous painkillers he must have been on. <laughs> It's probably seeing like green elephants climbing the walls at the same time. Um, just so, yeah, that, that kind of and and you know t- speaks well. He's a, he's a he's a he's obviously an ebullient and enthusiastic character. Mm. But from our, it, it he didn't make his debut until after Christmas, was it? Or it was very close to Christmas? I don't think anybody yeah. expected him to not kick a ball for six months after joining the football club, but it took a really long time for him to get in. He looked hella ring rusty when he got in. When he got in. <laughs> He's a guy, just, I mean, that's been a recurring theme is just, uh, I don't, most footballers just take the ground running. They're, they're like, looks look fine once they get in and, and maybe they get a bit more tired than you'd expect. Maybe they have the odd touch but he genuinely like looks like he's never seen a football before for about a month when he comes back and then clicks in mm. and I think when he clicked in only one time we've seen him play consistent football for for maybe two months in a row he got a player of the month award <laughs> so well you know that was that was the kind of that's the only good bit of his time but other than that uh <laughs> yeah really I, a bizarre signing, a poor signing. Um, never paid off for the guy that signed him. Never paid off in Darren Morford with a guy that showed faith in him. Mm. And yeah, very weird to wave him off into the distance. Just thinking, what a what an what an utterly bizarre chapter in in the life of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. What a strange experiment. Yeah, yeah. And then the the hot show, the Sam Hutchinson uh, traveling fairground. That is Sam Hutchinson. Uh, that we've. Uh, do we expect to see him come back in January from uh, whatever <laughs> Middle Eastern country he ends up playing his trade for in between? I hope not. I, I yeah, I'd, I'd really, really hope not. I think we've uh, we've been there. 
you know. I was having a bit of a crap time out in Malaysia, so I was really glad when the club came in for me. Mm. Turns out they don't speak a lot of the Queens. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just glad we've decided on this. I'm glad we've decided he's gone. Um, yeah, but I don't. He, I don't he, sorry, he, I'm. I'm just sitting here. I'm sitting in silence. Uh, twins of sadness. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's about time. I think it's. Um, yeah. I think we're past kind of a degree of sadness. Yeah. And then, I think as well, it's so uh, such a kind of ignominious exit to be the guy that that made the big mistake in the in the the away game. Mm. Um, I know. And then, unfortunate substitution in the home leg, which resulted in. Yeah. Some some kittens at the back, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So to kind of go through the, we can sort of decide what we want to pick off next. So we've got the release. So the released, we've released Berino, Dunkley, Hutchinson. We've exercised an option to to take another year of uh, marvelous Marvin Johnson on that left hand side, which is phenomenal news. Yeah, it's great news. Um, and then we've offered new contracts to Jack Hunt, Massimo Luongo, Mendes Lang, and Joe Wildsmith. Mm. So, obviously fantastic news about Marvin Johnson. Yeah. Um, I thought we would have had a similar mentality with Jack Hunt, um, but yeah. we know we seem to be told that previously there was a lot of conditions on him being a Wednesday player if we were a championship outfit next season, yeah. which hasn't happened. So a bit of a gamble. Um, I, 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 there seems to be, um, I, I think, one of the Twitter accounts, the Wednesday blog, I think they are titled, mm. seem to be uh, doubling down very heavily on the, the mentality that he's gone. Right. Is that the football typer man or is that a different thing? That is not Matt Brown, no. That is not football typer. It is, it's... Okay. Or it doesn't seem to be. I don't think there's been any announced who they haven't been visible as to who is the person connected there. But anyway, they seem to be very much of the opinion that he's going to reject his deal or that he's basically gone. Like, I mean, for a player like Jack Hunt, I mean, he's how old is Jack Hunt now? Is he 32? I think so. Yeah. I'm going to double check for you, Luke. Jack Hunt. Oh, he's 31. He'll be 32 this coming season. Yeah. I mean, a player to drop down a uh, championship, which felt like a really good acquisition um, for Wednesday for, for us to get him, seemed seemed like a really brilliant acquisition on paper. And then he actually had a fantastic season as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I hope he gets some suitors at the championship level, and I'm sure he probably can. Um, it just feels a bit sad because it felt like a bit of a, a bit of a return to a club that he loves. Seems to seems to enjoy himself here. Um, I wonder if yeah. I wonder if again, reading between the number. I suppose there's a bit. There's quite a lot of reading between the lines happening. But I wonder if again, reading between the lines, because that, as you say, the initial news story when he signed was it's a year with another year predicated on getting to the championship. Now, one way to read that is. Oh, if we get promoted, he's automatically like rewarded with a contract. Hmm. Um, another idea, the another thing might be that we paid him championship wages for a season in League One, thinking that we'll be back in the championship and therefore we can take that extra year up at the same rate and contemplating another year life down in League One for another year. 
Maybe we need our cloth accordingly. So we sort of said, well, now if you're going to be a League One player, you're going to have to take League One wages. Yeah. There's a couple of different possibilities there. Probably other things that I don't know. <laughs> you know, can't, can't contemplate. No, and I, I also wonder if a bit like, you know, again, we're cutting our cloth. We, we cut our cloth from beforehand. Um, I think we're probably the contract offers to Fox and Fletcher. Yeah. And they, you know, maybe respectfully or irrespectfully stuck their fingers, stuck their fingers up at us and went, we'll go elsewhere. And they got, they got better pay deals. And that's, that's the nature of the market and them as professional football is a limited career. Stephen Fletcher now released from Stoke, you know? Yeah. So, um, that, that kind of lengthy, lengthy kind of old man gamble, I think is, is kind of caught up with them. Um, there there could be an element of Jack Hunt sort of backing himself in this in that mm. like one option is and I'm, these figures are purely put, plucked out of the air so don't <laughs> you know they don't they don't hold any water but it's just for illustrative purposes but let's say he had some championship offers for around 20 grand or so for a season and Wednesday said well we'll give you 15 grand for this season but when we're in the championship next year you can you you'll get another year for 30 or something like that so he kind of go. He's done the gamble. Actually, that probably works out. I don't know. It doesn't work out the maths, but something like that. Like the, his gamble is okay. I know I'm fit, and I've not. I've barely had an injury mm. over the last few years. So I'll go and take the year of kind of a bit less. But we're moving north from Bristol, so probably saving some money and kind of quality of life terms. Um, and next year, then I'll, I'll make hay because we'll get promoted and I'll, I'll get that nice big reward contract so when that's removed right. from the from the situation then maybe maybe that paints things in, in, in quite a different light for him on a personal level and he could well want a longer deal as well right so mm-hmm. maybe there's a certain if you're a, a mid-table championship side you know you can probably go back and get in and get um get jack on for a couple of years yeah. Maybe maybe that's the situation. So I, I I don't know. It's just interesting. We never get any visibility into obviously what the offers are. No. How long these players are offered for. So it's fine. I mean, I'm glad that we're at least making an effort. But I, I think I just feel with the nature of this, like when we've done this before, it's a bit like, how long are we going to keep that open? Yeah. How long are we going to keep that contract on the table? And how much does that deter us from going and getting someone else in? That's a good cut. Co- yeah, that's a good good. Um and I, I mean, if it, it, it may be reading that the mentality about Johnson that we have that option. Um, a little sad that we didn't have the same arrangement with Jack Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't think I've ever read a news story that phrased the way that his the initial news about him signing what was phrased. That thing of like he's got another year, depending on promotion or something like that. Like that. Yeah, that's a weird thing to have read. It doesn't. It's not a natural. We're used to, as in the case of Callum Patterson, contracts where a level of performance or a number of appearances trigger trigger a, another year of a contract. But I don't. Mm. The first time I have been aware of it being related to the performance of the club in general, it's a, it's a bit of an odd one. It is, but we seem to. I think we've seen to run a lot of gamuts with regarding contracts at Sheffield Wednesday, both both the- in the current terms and historically. Yeah, maybe this is the genius of Paxau. He's bringing new, uh, new and wonderful things to our our, our, our contract process. Well, seemingly 
kind of it seems that Mr. Mr. Amadou Paxau is is back in the picture, but wasn't in the picture in the past year or two. But then, but then some people were saying he was. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's all very odd. Mm. I realise that's a can of can of worms. I just uh... that's somewhere else to go as well, isn't it? Yeah, but we can we can we can stay off. We can turn away from that exit and keep on this road. <laughs> um, again, and I feel another mentality of this is what I've kind of brought up regarding, look, we love you. The fans love you. We want to keep you, but we just can't keep afford to paying the previous wages that we have. We're reevaluating our terms. And that's Massimo Luongo. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would love to see Action Mass continue to apply his trade at Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. But I think it's a big ask, really. I think from him, again, looking at his personal circumstances, we will have made an offer based on the fact he's missed an awful lot of the last couple of years. Um, And we've dropped down a division. So he's gone from being someone we signed as occasionally a captain. I think he was captain or vice-captain at QPR. So Mm. we signed him from a promotional rival or a divisional rival, um, probably at a premium uh, in terms of the the wages that we paid him to to come across. So it will be dramatically different what we've offered him now based on the fact that we're, we're now in League One. He's considerably older. He's also lost an awful lot of games to injury. Whereas another team might look at him and go, well, this is a guy that's played his whole career or the majority of his recent career at, at, at uh, championship level. Um, and he played a lot of games last season. So... Throw a throw a contract at him because we'll probably get a year or two of, of pretty good use out of Massimo Luongo. I suspect he'll go. I just don't think. I just can't see us offering yeah. anything commensurate yeah. with what he'll get elsewhere. Completely. I don't think he deserves to go and get a, a decent payday. He won't. This is his last chance, really. I mean, he's um, um, he's kind of slowly approaching. He has turned the corner of thirty, I believe. Is that the right. case? Yeah. So definitely. I mean, I mean, I, I also wonder about like. Jack Hunt, you know, do you just want to get like a couple of years somewhere? You know, yeah. Effectively, you know, it's it's been oh, he's he's twenty nine, but he will be thirty this year. That's my there we go. Okay, yeah. So you imagine he probably wants to go and get like a decent contract and have a bit of stability. <laughs> you having some problems there, Luke? Yeah, I apologize that my my computer started to grind up, so you might hear the fan going a few times. So I do apologize for that. I'm trying to kind of muffle that sound as much as possible. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I suppose Jack Hunt, as you say, he's 31 now, he's 32 in December. I'd be surprised if many people are offering him two years at this point, but he's just, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, two years, but less wages for each of those years than you'd get for one. It's going to be a gamble that he has to take himself, I think. But I, I just... I would be just so surprised. I'd love to see Luan go back, um, but I'd be so surprised to see. Uh, I just can't see it happening. I can't see us being the best offer on the table for him. Unless he's, there's also lifestyle factors. They're all humans. If him and his family are very settled in the area, then maybe we're the best offer within a commutable distance. <laughs> That's a possibility. Mm. Um, 
but there was talks. I don't know where that came from, but there was rumours about him going back to Australia or, or, or whatever happening. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I'd like to see. I'd like, yeah, like Jack Hunt, I'd love to see him back. Mm. Uh, and I'm glad we have made the offer. Um, but uh, you, we'll see. You kind of imagine with the kind of stature of like MLS and I don't know if the Australian top tier. The A League. The A League. There we go. Um, it's all people who are, um, you know, they're all into the class A drugs, like uh, Ed Sheeran <laughs> talks about. Um, it, it feels like a, enough of a decent standard that, like, for a homegrown kind of star, yeah, like Massimo Luongo, who's who's being a player on that international stage for Australia, oh, yeah. could come back and be a, a marquee signing for one of the oh, yeah, yeah. clubs very much, and could probably probably get a decent contract for a, for a few years you know, in whatever respective wage. The so, thing is, it's just easier on your body. And like playing and playing, it's intense because there's so many games in England. It's also intense because it's cold and miserable like 90% of the season. Like we don't play football in the summer. Mm. That's the bit when it would be easier for your bones and muscles to recover from things. <laughs> we play it through the miserable, bitter winter. Yeah. And if you go and if you go through, if you're able to go somewhere sunny and play, you can add time to your career because training and playing is going to be easier on your aging body. That's, mm. There's just no two ways about it. I mean, Gary Hooper was able to, like, he could barely, like, muster a minute on the football pitch for us, but he was able to go and have, like, two, three seasons in Australia after he left us. You know, it does make life easier. I've got a beautiful uh, image of uh, Action Mass just uh, with his shorts and T-shirt and uh, shades on, popping pop into Starbucks to get an iced Tim Tam Slam. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I'm just going to play in the flip-flops today. I'm not even going to put my boots on. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Anyway, I, I hope he... Yeah, I, I'd love it if he's still at Wednesday next season, but I I, I can't see it. And, I you know, no. for a lot of his contract offers... I can't see them being here with the exception of one, unfortunately. Anyway, Nathaniel Mendes Lang. <laughs> Nathaniel Mendes Lang looks like the rumors that he has got championship interest. Um, I'm not fussed about seeing Mendes Lang at Wednesday. No. no. I sort of feel like League One teams mm. are kind of follow a model, right? You've kind of got you've got big clodders at the back, you've got a big guy up front. If that big guy's mobile, you're probably one of the top teams. If that big guy's old and slow, you're probably one of the bot teams. Um, in the middle of the park, you've got little nippy terrier types. And then everybody has a winger or two that are quick. And I sort of feel like Mendes Lang is no... You know, when you do like adverts or testing where they test against a generic product, you know, like fairy cleans... <laughs> Four times better than the generic product. Yeah, I, I sort of feel like Mendes Lang is no better than the generic winger. Like I don't, I've not not seen huge amount. Like John Marvin Johnson mm. crosses a ball beautifully in a way that very few players I've ever seen cross a football. He is bringing something. He beats the generic product. Okay, but Mendes Lang, he's just a quick. He's a big quick guy. He's a quick guy. He's not great at shooting. He's not great at crossing. He's not great at passing. And I just feel like quick little quick guys or quick guys are ten a penny. And we could probably go out and get 
two of them for probably what Mendes Lang is going to be demanding in from from a championship team. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I'm with you, which is interesting because I think earlier in the maybe around the time when he uh, we had the bizarre fact that his contract was running out on uh, at like 3 p.m. on a Tuesday in the middle of a season of the season. <laughs> um, I think around that time I felt like he was really vital and we couldn't do without him. Um, and between then he had that big injury and I don't think he's ever been the same since the injury again. And uh, I'm just sort of fed up of waiting for him to get back to being good like he was for one game or two games. Um, I suspect this is the person that you think will sign his, is most likely to sign his contract, Luke. We're, uh, we're on the last of those, those new contract offers uh, and the most baffling, Joe Wildsmith. How many Joes do you think you have to meet in your life to find a top 40 Joe? <laughs> I, I don't think he he marks for me. I think I must have I, I must have met more Joes I like more than Joe uh, than Joe Wildsmith. I yeah. Anyway, sorry. Stupid piffy jokes aside, I want to um, I want to just say that I want to just say I just want to just have a, a giant reboot on the goalkeeping situation. Um, it it seems interesting that we have we have seen through our kind of Wednesday fan careers, different periods and different eras of times when it feels like there's a surplus of players. And sometimes like you go to the, you go to the center back store and it's bereft. There's nothing (laughs) on the center back shelves, goalkeepers as well. Um, Do you remember when we did, you know, I, I think it was probably more still your time. I was probably kind of still, you know, coming back off sabbatical. But you know, we signed we signed Rob Birch and we signed Lee Grant, who were both very promising young keepers, yeah. both on a free at the same time, with the viewpoint to say we need them, we need we need a number one, and we also need a backup. And yeah. we're giving you both that kind of level standing for you to both compete for this number one shirt. And didn't work out for Rob Birch. Um, but I don't no. think it was a bad transfer. I think it's just unfortunately something that happens with a transfer. But we also then got to see Lee Grant kind of rise and really make his career. He's really made the foundation of his footballing career with that reignition at Wednesday. That kick started going to Burnley, on to Derby. Very, very, very fine goalkeeper. Really. Yeah. 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 So I I just, I want to see something like that again. And I, I don't know what it's like for the market for goalkeepers. I don't know if it's bereft, but I just I want to see a reboot. I don't want to see as because we've got this, we've got we've got Cameron Dawson coming back. And oh, yeah. you know, there's that narrative with some fans of saying it's his time. He's gone off and proved himself. I don't think that. I think he he's put himself very well in the shop window for a yeah. league one, uh league one side. But I don't think it's Wednesday. I don't think his future is here. And Maybe we're okay with Joe. We're having a backup who's not so good, but I'd rather us try with a new backup. I don't want to see Joe Wildsmith at yeah. Sheffield Wednesday. It's interesting because another sort of factor is we've obviously got, I think we had a really good goalkeeping coach in um, Andy Rhodes. Like he seems to be very good he seems to be good at getting like enthusiastic buy-in from the the players he's coaching he seems to improve players um 
He also has connections within the game. That's sort of behind how we got Kirkland. It's behind how we got Westwood in part. So that was great. Then we had Nicky Weaver, who seems to have been terrible. I, I think it's fair to look back. Everybody backslid under uh, under Nicky Weaver, possibly because he was a very ill-disciplined player himself. I think Nicky Weaver was naturally a brilliant goalkeeper, but from all accounts, and if you listen to his under the cosh, a kind of nightmare, um, lazy um, drunkard. <laughs> uh, and I suspect if you're an ill-disciplined player, you don't tend to make a great coach. I, that might, I know people can change. We all contain multitudes. But if you are a kind of turn up late, turn up pissed, or don't turn up at all type of player, does that does that is that the person that you're like going? Do you know what you are coaching material, sir? You need to be you need to be front of line teaching the next generation how to behave just like you. I think um, I think your point is both interesting and maybe slightly feels a little bit harsh. Yes, I know. I appreciate it. It kind of I've exists got, between both both of those things in my mind. I've got a little axe to grind with Nicky Weaver because I do think he played the club beautifully for an extra contract um, and then never kicked another ball for us um, as a player. But um, but I just, I, I suppose, I, I, I just feel like we saw, I think Westwood got markedly poorer. I think both Wildsmith and Dawson either stagnated at best or got worse under him. Um, we've got a new key goalkeeping coach came in at the start of the season. Again, he seems to be a guy that gets buy-in. I, I, I've liked seeing him talk to the goalkeepers. Like He seems to be involved and kind of have tips for them and things. So from what I can observe as a fan, which I appreciate is not even the tip of the iceberg, it's like the tip of the tip of the iceberg in terms of what the time that's spent. Looks like a good guy, seems to be well-respected, had a great history in the game or like a kind of respectable history in the game. So the interesting thing is he spent this time with Wildsmith and presumably thinks it's worth giving him another contract. Yeah, well that that seems to be that that seems to be the mentality. It seems to be but I just it it it's just one of those it, it's that weird thing, right? Like um we as fans there's a spectrum. We as fans see things in players that hopefully the the, the club does, right? So that happens. Um sometimes we think we see things in players that members of the coaching staff don't see probably more of a poster boy for that is probably fdb um kind of during his kind of overall spell with wednesday um and then seemingly there's another category which is management and people at the club see things in players that we don't see and i feel that that's the argument for the young goalkeepers the young academy goalkeeping products that have not developed themselves in the way Mm -hmm. that we thought they would um, I suppose the argument, again, not knowing all the full picture and things like that, but uh, the argument, we don't know what we've offered Dawson. It could be that we've offered him less than he was receiving in the championship or a very similar wage that he was getting when he was sort of a 20-year-old on the outskirts of things. Um, it might be a bit of a test of his level of ambition. Does he believe in himself enough to go and become a number one somewhere or is he happy doing what he's done this season? which is playing the pizza trophy and on the very rare occasion that the first choice keeper is out. Because most clubs do have a senior pro that that, that sits on the bench for them. Yeah. They'll have young goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah. Look at, at Lee Grant. Lee Grant has sat on the bench for Man United this season. Sometimes, under he, De Gea. 
Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't even sit on the bench. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he so, sits on the bench in the stands. <laughs> but what I mean is, they don't have Johnny No Marks from the youth team sat on the bench. They have a senior pro because on the odd occasion they're going to come in, it's going to be kind of a chaotic. So you just want a kind of older, steady hands kind of character rather than a young player in that position. So it, it might just be we've kind of gone, do you know, um, Joe, if you're happy to sit <laughs> sit about like you've done this season and play five or six games, then you can stay. and Because and, and, we're... I mean... Otherwise, we'd have to find somebody else to do that. Like, I, I think we've been good. I think we've been better to Joe Wildsmith and Joe Wildsmith has been to us. That's a good point. <laughs> like, you know, like I can see the mentality of, and I, I don't blame any football player who's like, I don't want to be an understudy here. I think yeah. of myself better. By all means, go and gamble on yourself. I just, I don't want to see that at Wednesday with Joe Wildsmith or Cameron Dawson, to be honest with you. Um, but like we have given him so many opportunities to prove himself. We've given so many games. It's not like, yeah, you, you're right. I mean, it's not not like thinking about those senior pros. It's not like, um, it's not like a Scott Carson thing. It's not like I no. got two appearances for Man City this season, and then the season before I got another three appearances. Yes, you know, it's not like that. It it's not like a resume. It's not like looking over a LinkedIn or resume about um, here's where I kept the lights on in terms of sitting on the bench. You know, it's not a, a litany of being an understudy in in a series of plays, a series of high profile plays. No, no. Um, and, you know, like, you know, I, I could see like the mentality being like, if, if I don't, if I'm not doing that at Wednesday, then what is my career? Because if I could go elsewhere, people are going to be like, what have you played and what have you done? But like, I don't know. Joe Weldsmith has played a lot of football at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. We have looked to the young goalkeepers on numerous occasions to see if this is the answer to our goalkeeping situation. He will be 27 next season. Uh, Joe Weldsmith, according to what I can read on Wikipedia, has played 67 appearances for Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. We, were, we looked at it, didn't we? We looked at it in the season review that both of them have played a very similar number of games, kind of that 60-70 mm. which, whilst it's not hundreds of appearances, it is, it's more than enough to get a feel for somebody. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, it's double the amount of times Che Dunkley played for Sheffield Wednesday in his, in his tenure. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. Just this probably is worth talking about now. I mean, because we would probably talk about it later. But seeing as we're we're here, we're in goalkeeper land. Uh, what what do you expect to happen there? I mean, just to kind of got Dawson coming back from a good season, a, a promotion season for Exeter. I've heard people say, "Was that so?" In the fourth tier of English football. Yeah, yeah but we're only in the third. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. But like to, to play to to play Dawson's advocate here. Um <laughs> if we take his name out of it, if if the news was Bailey Peacock Farrell's going back, but for next mm. season we've signed we've signed Exit as goalkeeper. He's 26 years old, he kept 19 clean sheets for them and got and got them promoted last season. We wouldn't be devastated, or would we? 
Sorry, can you say that again, Rich? I apologize. So I, I present you with the news. Hmm. We've got new new number one goalkeeper coming in. Yep. He's just got promoted from League Two with Exeter. He kept 19 clean sheets. He's 26 years old, really good age. Um, and uh, he was almost their player of the season. He was like second for player of the season. Uh, would you be would you be happy with that news, do you think? I would. But, <laughs> but then but then we do have the all-knowing truth that we know it's Cameron Dawson. Oh. And it just turns out he's played about 70 games for Sheffield Wednesday already. I feel this is a bit like, you know, you're doing you're doing like a TV show and like somehow it's like gotcha. What what sort of TV show is it? I feel like you know you're doing. Um, I'm 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 managing a kitchen in a failing restaurant, <laughs> and you're Gordon Ramsay that comes in, and you see that the uh, you see talent in the uh, the the busing busboy <laughs> that I've just hated, that I hate <laughs> so much, and then like you start giving me facts about like you know, and he's he's young and he's he wants to learn and. Uh, you know, and uh, he's uh, he's doing his doing his MVQs and cooking or whatever the fuck it is. Best risotto I've ever had. Yes, um, the genius move to put pecorino in there. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to reveal that the person is the person we've had all along. You know, the person <laughs> who I've been avoiding for all this time. So I can see that set up in the narrative, Cameron, Cameron but I just Dawson. I don't want to I don't want to go there. Cameron Dawson has taken his glasses off. He's shaken his lovely flaxen locks out clear of the tight ponytail that they were once in. And, and now he's he's fit and you're going to the prom with him. I would love it if Cameron Dawson was Rachel Lee Cook. There is no one... I'm, I'm probably on the part of a lot of men who still love Rachel Lee Cook. I will not hear anything bad. Um, Cam- Cameron Dawson, Cammy D, is not... He's not all that. I, I am. I, I did say I was playing. Well, I said I was playing Dawson's advocate, which I think is a joke. He still should. You, you've really um, underreacted to. To be fair, but there we go. Um, <laughs> but but I, I was just sort of playing that scenario out. People are saying he's earned another chance. I'm with you. I I think we've seen enough. I think he's had enough chances. I think I really hope what we do is take this little bit of buzz he's generated from from Exeter and sell him while he's got a year left on his contract we'll get some value out of him we'll get some value out of his the time and effort and <laughs> and mistakes we've paid for with the Cameron Dawson I mean and there, there is a value there is a value of three giant family-sized bags of uh, Cadbury's buttons you know so <laughs> I, I will agree with you that if we get like a six if if we could sell Cameron Dawson for about 100 grand I would love that. But see, but I, potentially that's on the table. Yeah, I, if you want, you know, if if um, if uh, Exeter can ready a bid, if they can ready some ready some shrapnel together, <laughs> those Grecians, then I'd be happy <laughs> to do that. Uh, I'd be happy to see him gone, or even someone else. I don't care. I don't care what, if he goes to how, a rival. It's, it's not one of those like he's gonna go to a rival and ooh, egg is gonna be on your face, sir. Oh, you're going to be so upset when you see him pulling off these, these, uh, I don't think he's going to like don some sunglasses and turn into Keanu Reeves in the matrix and kind of like die through the air to, you know. I think the other thing though, is there's, there's an element of 
a, f- a club fitting a player and a, f- a player fitting a club. I, I think there's also a, there's a there's a very real possibility because Dawson. Maybe this is a mass generalization, but I feel like Dawson is somebody who particularly has an issue playing at Hillsborough. I, I think the pressure of that gets to him, produces his worst performances. He tends to perform better on the road and go moving away to Exeter. There's a lot, you know. There's a lot of pressure playing for your hometown club and playing, playing in and playing in front. Like Hillsborough is an intimidating crowd. We turn on the players, we boo and mutter, and there's a really intense feeling to twenty odd thousand people just sitting silently or tutting. And psychologically, that doesn't seem to be something from what from the seventy games or so we've seen him play that Cameron Dawson is able to deal with. And maybe going to Exeter, which is a perfectly good club. They're in the same division as us next season. I'm not being snobby, but they're not as big a club. They don't have the expectations of being at Sheffield Wednesday. They don't have the crowd that goes mm. to Sheffield Wednesday matches. And maybe that works out better for him. Some people yeah. can't, don't, you know, don't want to sing in the stadium. Some people are happy enough being in the pub or the club, and that's as far as they want to get. And maybe that's Cameron Dawson. Maybe he's really. He's just fine. He's perfectly good when there's no pressure or expectation on him. And more power to him. He's had a, he's had a good year. That's all, that's all we've heard is that he's had a good year. He's one player of the month awards and things. Good on him. I've seen him play for Sheffield Wednesday more than a season's worth of football. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen a man of the match performance. I've never seen anything special from him. I've seen mistake after mistake. I've seen bad handling, bad decision-making terrible distribution and a, and a not particularly strong psychology about his approach to the game. I've seen all those things firsthand. I don't need to, I don't feel like that will have all been changed by one season in Exeter, the redemptive properties of kind of cream teas and uh, Cornish pasties. I just don't feel like that's happened, but it might be that he's a better player elsewhere. Well, you know, Perfectly good player for another team. You know, speaking of Grecians and speaking of Greeks, um, you know, Achilles was dipped into the river sticks held by his Achilles, which is why it's his weak point. I don't think if we dip Cameron Dawson into uh, the river of uh, cream teas down in Exeter, <laughs> it's going to be the great kind of thing comes out of it. The, the, th- the thread that really makes me intrigued in this, uh, in this discourse about Cameron Dawson is... Bailey Peacock Farrell is really retroactively being um, thrown under the bus by a lot of fans. <laughs> like, oh, he gave away so many points last season. Like, Did he? Did he? I'd like to count them up. I don't think he gave away that many. Anyway, um, the low knees have all gone back without further comment. So that's Harley Dean, Lewis Gibson, John Jules, Tyrese John Jules, Florian Camberry, Bailey Peacock Farrell, Olamide Shadipo, and Jordan's story, they all return to their parent clubs. Um, I don't know whether we're able to comment at this stage because I don't know where, I think in terms of if we had any arrangements or contract discussions with any of those players, I don't think we're officially allowed to announce any of that until either they're, they're released or uh, the 1st of July comes by. Mm. So are we expecting to hear any next chapters to any of those stories? I don't think so. I think it's, you know, like, I think it's ready to be a revolving door on those players. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's interesting. I mean, like, you know, you, you've mentioned about Gibson. Yeah. 
which I I think is one of the more appealing ones. Um, I think me and you maybe slightly slight mild disagreement about Harley Dean. Uh, in what way? Um, I, I, I don't know. I thought maybe it's kind of more excited the prospects of him kind of coming back if that was financially possible. I'd have him back. But I'd yeah, I think back. you were kind of raising some questions um, in our play review just for him about like, hasn't quite looked 100% the picture of what we hope for. Mm. And then obviously like a very, very, very unfortunate kind of injury uh, yeah. record at Wednesday as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's interesting. I mean, maybe maybe John Jules comes back. You know, knowing Moore's links, maybe that's something like comes happens there. Definitely not for Shadipo. Peacock Farrell's moving on to better things. I really don't want to see Jordan Story back at the club. Um, and and Canberry just feels like a random, a random gamble, you know. And I feel like we'll just make another random gamble in that department for the fourth, fifth string striker. Yeah. Um, I'm just there's going to be a lot of surgery on the squad, isn't there, Rich? It probably is. I, I think the interesting thing is sort of looking forward at, at, at the squad. We do have, I think, just about a team of players with some some options in some places. Um, so as it stands, you'd probably... So Palmer right wing back? Wadsmith or Dawson in goal? Palmer right right wing back? Well, I, I mean, offer, I offer our only contract to centre-back. Which is mad because at one point we were talking about having too many, having eight centre backs, and now, and now there's I offer. Brennan is another option there, isn't he? He's he's signed mm. for another year at least. Well, it, it kind of becomes a bit head and shoulders, isn't it? It's like you know you're taking. We need to take two bottles into the shower, you know, because we can only have. But that's. It's not because of shampooing and conditioning. Um, it's because the fact that only one of them can play like half, barely half the season. The other one can play barely yeah, half yeah, the yeah. season. So we're kind of <laughs> hoping we're kind of hoping they kind of even out to kind of play an entirety season between two people. Yes, yeah. You know, it's it's the question of like, it's it's like, oh, we only need so we're, we're staffing we're staffing this um, <laughs> I, we're staffing this ice cream shop, and um, we're having we're going to have like a staff. So we need like, we need like, we need like two people on all times. So we're going to hire 10 people to be part-time. It's like that, but then we're paying them full-time wages to be part-time. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the thing. Like, I mean, so, I mean, we've got rid of Hutchinson. I mean, Hutchinson did play a lot of football for us, but again, yeah. you know, the other mis- misgivings for Hutchinson. Uh, Dunkley, surprised he played as many much as he did. Yeah, I was staggered when we did the, the play reviews, and you said, well, "Was it twenty-two appearances this season?" Yeah, I was like, "Wow, that many!" I can't remember him that much, honestly. I remember that period we had, but it, that didn't feel a very long period with him. No, no, that felt like a very small window. So, but again, I mean, that's interesting. I was listening to the Els Americas did like um, a mini season recap. Yeah, um, one of one of the gentlemen on there. It's the New England Owl. I'm sorry, I've forgotten his name. He he was wondering about whether Moore was going to go back to a 4-2-3-1. Oh, right. Okay. Which is interesting, but I, I we've seen so much of a 3-5-2. And I mean, now, like, I mean, I really hope that we have Jack Hunt next season. Probably not going to happen. Um, we've got Marvin Johnson, who's just exceptional yeah. in that left wing back berth. Yeah. Um, why would we then change 
because we we didn't have the personnel for free center backs we didn't yeah, have enough fit, fit play players anyway. but we still played it anyway so it, it's going to be a lot of signings we've got a lot of signings to make but i still think we're going to stick with a three five two i agree i i i i think yeah i think marvin johnson is almost good enough on his own to make to point you in that direction because i don't think I don't think he works as well as a winger, and I don't think you want to play him full, but full, you know, standard fullback. So I think that kind of lends itself towards three-five-two. Anyway, I think the midfield three seemed to work suited Bannon. It really brought the best out of Bannon. That that the, the midfield three, um, and Byers was obviously very good in it. Flourished in it. Uh, we've got another couple of options, and presumably, I think we'll add a midfielder or two during the summer. But uh, that's one area we can already fill out with the options we have. You know, Adenaran and uh, Delhi Bashiru. <laughs> then up top, we've got Gregory and Windass. Maybe that's how you get a team. Patterson plays centre-back. There you go. There's the 11. There's the 11. There's the 11. Oh, jeez. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm even wondering about, like, I don't know. I'm glad Palmer's still here, but I just I don't know where. I don't know where Palmer lives. Well, I think you'd want... So in terms of needs, I think we're both in agreement. We'd, we'd like, we want to see a new number one goalkeeper come in, whether that's on loan or whether we pick up somebody that's been... There are some decent keepers that have been released. Mm. Um, so one way or another, been, uh, we want to see a fresh face in the, as the first choice goalkeeper. Um would, how would you feel if we were going into the season with Palmer being our right wing back with some other player backing him up? Or would you do you think we need a new first teamer there? I think we probably want a new first teamer there. I think we do as well. well. Do you know the thing? We didn't do it that much. I actually thought some of his better games this season, uh, Callum Patterson at right wing back was not a bad choice. <laughs> if, if if we give him a run, I mean, if we stick with him there, then I'd I'd be interested to see what that's like. Um, it's just a big step down following Jack Hunt. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <clears throat> oh boy, a lot of signings to make, isn't it, Rich? It looks that way. It does look that way. And the season's starting sooner, and we've had like a later mm-hmm. end to things because of the playoffs. Ooh, So. I don't know. I was thinking more about like, I mean, Palmer can be deputy to that. Maybe that's the nice thing about Palmer is he can be deputy in that free or right wing back. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I offer, up- how fit <laughs> is I offer? Can't really yeah. look at Patterson. We need, how many, Probably I, need three. we're going to play three center backs. We need, how many, this. how many, need like five center backs? Well, I'm I'm thinking th- three at a minimum because you could argue we've got Iorfa and Brennan. I forgot about Brennan. Yeah, and and I guess um, Agbontahoma is still around. I, I don't know that I necessarily want mm. to see him play lots of football. But you could, I suppose, you could argue we've got some. We've got a couple of options there. I will I will compromise with you on four. Four. Okay. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a that's a lot of recruitment. There's a lot of recruitment, yeah. It's a lot to get right. So that's already all th- all three positions we've considered out of three. We want a new first choice. 
Well, yeah. it's not three positions, is it? It's, it's five positions because we got so we want a new first choice goalkeeper, a new first choice right wing back, three new first choice centre backs. I think mm. we'll only end up with two first choice centre backs because I think you, whilst Iorfa is here, you have to account for his wages at the very least. You have to um, pretend he's going to play some football. You have to pretend he'll play football. That's the difficult thing with these players that mm. miss too much time. Um, Johnson, we're happy with. Galvin is there still as a as a backup. Would we be happy with that? Do we want to do it? But we we probably would want a replacement. You'd have Galvin and Palmer can play there, but you do you, end up. With you uh, you've uh, you've forgotten about Jaden Brownridge. Oh, how could I forget about the wonderful Jaden Brown? Sorted then. We're sorted. We've got two first choice left wing backs. That's good. I mean, um, you know, when you say forgot about Dre, at least Dr. Dre, you know, had a had his earlier career at NWA to go by before, you know, making making such a claim in a single. Um, I don't know what forgot. I forgot about Jet. Forgot about Brown. Was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know someone who's been released? By the way, centre back wise, we've mentioned him uh, in mm-hmm. in relation to uh, mm-hmm. to your boy Harley Dean. Is uh, is Aidan Flint? <sighs> I'd love Flint. I'd love Flint to be Wednesday. Yeah. Be Wednesday again. You come in, Aiden Flint, play three games, get injured for three months. We will love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. The uh, the treatment table hasn't seen such silky locks since. I know. You can even remember. Think of the animated gifts we could make on the treatment table. <laughs> that's, um, that's that's Wednesday's new thing. Remember, Bristol City did a lot of animated gifts for all their yeah. players going a very. Uh, incredible fashion. We should do the same just with injuries. <laughs> um, now, I expect us to add, but I suppose centre midfield, as we touched on, is somewhere that we already, we've probably got enough to go. If uh, worst comes to worst, if we didn't sign anybody, we'd have an okay, we'd have a decent starting. Yeah. Because I mean, we've got Bannon, Byers, Adonir, and an FDB. And I guess Alex Hunt's still around, although who. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen with that young man? Mm. Yeah, that's I not would, terrible. I'd like to see him given some chances. Or uh, I don't know how his second... We heard good things about his initial loan, didn't we, at Grimsby? Um, he went up a division to, to play in League Two and, and got relegated. But I don't know whether he did well in that relegated Oldham team. Or We didn't hear he, much of him at Loddham, did we? We didn't see any goals. <laughs> he scored a few goals for Grimsby, didn't he? Mm. We have been linked with it. the only players we've been linked with, as far as I'm aware, have been midfielders. So there was the mention of Pantouche Camera, who I would love us to sign. That would be incredible. Mm. Um, there's we've also been linked with Brendan Wiradu. Yep. Uh, and is it Elliot Anderson? Okay. Who was a Bristol Rovers, and I think he's a right. new is a new Assel, uh youth player. Ah, okay. New, new youth, and I believe he is a centre mid as well. Okay. There's a handsome uh, centre back that we were linked to, a West Brom, a young West, West Brom centre back that at one point. So that, that maybe we are we're having a look in several directions. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so, so centre midfield, I expect us to add anyway. But we've got a first choice. If if our first choice is from the ones we have available already, we'll be doing all right on that front. Which is nice to say that about a position at least. Um, up front, we've got. The maybe Patterson, maybe presumably Patterson. Oh no, Patterson's here. Um, 
presuming he's not needed elsewhere, I mean. Um, obviously, Gregory. We've got another year of, of Gregory, which we're all very pleased about. And uh, and Josh Windass, if he doesn't, Trumpy Bomb, if he doesn't end up uh, disappearing off to, to Panama, faking his own death, etc. <laughs> yeah, so I think we definitely need, um, you know, interesting, like, rumours and people batting their eyelashes at Gregory. Mm. Um, wondering whether how true that is or whether that's um, a kind of agent thing. I mean, obviously, he's had a fantastic season. Make us kind of jump the gun and give him an extra year, do you think? Could be, could be. And, you know, uh, the mentality being that, like, you know, he probably deserves it and Wednesday should probably do that. And I think that's kind of come out of the mouth from, like, local journalists. Saying that, though, I don't know. There's just so much work to do else. I know, I know. There's so much work to do elsewhere as well, though. Like, yeah. you can't make that your priority, really. No. I, there's so many hours in a day and there's so many days until the season starts again. I feel like we've given that sort of contract out too often through the years and it bites you on the bum. But what, we don't need another albatross around our neck. There will not be a clamour for a 34-year-old Lee Gregory in a season's time. That's what no. we've got to if there's interest in him now, they'll have to pay a premium to take him away from us, surely. Mm. Um, if he's had another season like he had last year, then, then okay, and we've rolled the dice and we've failed. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Jack Hunt, who's probably still in that lane to make that lane change effectively mm. um, in his career, but it's not there for Lee Gregory. Unless no. it's just, I'd, unless a team's going to come in and speak to his agent, unless someone's going to speak to his agent and be like, we can give you this much more for one year. Like yeah. I don't, I don't really see what the challenge would be there for him. I, I don't see what the appeal would be. Um, I'd like to think he likes it here. Yeah, he seems yeah. to. Seems to. We've done then, a song for him, haven't we? We have. We did do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, we talked about that hilarious link with Windass. Yes. So, so is still at the club. Oh, of course. How can I forget? Sorry. He's a right wing-back option as well as a striking option. Is he now? So how many strikers do you think we need to sign, Rich? I think at least two we need to sign. And then potentially more if we're replacing no, Windows. No way. No way. Unless, unless Windows goes, no way we'll sign two strikers. I don't think we'll sign any. It's looking, looking so sparse, though. Well, I mean, sorry, Gregory, Gregory, Windus, Patterson, and so, and so, we might get a Canberra-esque little. Like, you think we're getting a Canberra replacement? A kind of uh, misshapes style, <laughs> generic, generic foreign forward. <clears throat> but I mean, I mean, also like then, I mean, obviously, Shadipo, John Jules. Do you think we'll get another yeah. pacing? Because because we, we you know we can sign these wingers like. Like Chiboy Chiboy Theo to come in, but then they're not going to play because we're going to do a three-five-two, and we've rather got more kind of mobile, defensive attacking options like like Marvin Johnson and Jack Hunt in this season. So yeah, that could be someone who both you know again like Patterson is just is just an option for seemingly an option for a lot over the park. I'm 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 gonna have to wait until I mean it's 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 gonna be really interesting to see what business we do. Right now yeah. we're talking about it. I'm not looking forward to 
This is making me very depressed about next season, Rich. <laughs> There's a lot of work to do. Well, just so we'll come to kind of expectations for, for next year. I think that's that's a natural kind of progression of things. But just in terms of that formation, so obviously last season we signed players, Shadipo case in point, so case in point. We signed players for his preferred, his traditionally I think it's a bit weird saying traditionally preferred because he's not a guy with... He's not someone who's got 20 years of managerial experience behind him, Darren Moore. Like, he's now possibly played just as many games, 3-5-2, as he's play, played any other formation, to be fair to him. <laughs> like, he's a young manager finding his finding his way in life. Um, but he signed players thinking we'd play wingers. We'd be playing three up top and he'd be playing a winger on either side. Um, and then when we shifted to playing wing backs and no wingers, no no width up top, then those players became pretty useless. Um, mm. Do do you think we will be? Uh, I suppose I'm wondering a little bit what happens if we go we go into the season and we're kind of found out a little bit. What what if we get? 10 games in, we maybe start well or whatever. We we, we play the 3-5-2 the and then a team or two figure out the game and, and manage to play us. A bit like Plymouth. If you remember, the, the, the downfall of his original plan was that away day at Plymouth. Everything just fell apart in such a way it took us like nearly a month to put all the pieces back together. So what happens if we have a Plymouth-esque, Plymouth away-esque moment where the wheels fall off and we need to like rejig the whole system. That's where your recruitment becomes very key. Do you think it's possible we change, see any change in formation or do you think we're going to stick with what, what what's in place now? I think we'll stick with what works now. I mean, we, we haven't seemed to have dodged a great deal from that, right? Apart from kind of desperate options, which I mean, as much as I think we've said, we like Darren Moore and we want to see him continue at Wednesday. And it looks very much like that's the case. Um, I don't see his substitutions getting any better. I think the way that you play around with it is the personnel within those positions. I think I can I'd be quite comfortable that we stick with the the three five two arrangement, but it's then you have quite dramatic differences depending on who plays in your three in midfield, who plays the wing back positions, who plays up top. They can all be quite significant changes in how the team um approaches each game like Delhi swapping Delhi Bashiru for Luongo we saw a couple of times made a big difference if you had a dinner and over somebody if we had if we had another body in there and that was another another sort of player um you can be more defensive or more attacking a couple of times we very effectively dropped Patterson in there a couple of times we dropped Patterson in and it wasn't very effective but a couple of times he was quite effective because he didn't really play midfield or attack but kind of constantly shuttled between the two in a way that was very hard to defend. So, yeah, I, I think I'd be comfortable keeping the formation. So let's talk about expectations for next season. <laughs> I feel mm. like I feel like maybe you were more positive before we started talking things through than you are now. <laughs> yeah, and now we're talking through it. I'm just like, there's so many questions, marks over the head. Um, I guess, like, the interesting thing is, like, so, again, I was chatting to my dad this morning, and we talked about, like, so... We're here. We're just over two hours after uh, Sunderland wrapped up the uh, the League One playoff final, beating Wickham two nil. Um, 
you know, mixed kind of bag of emotions, a lot of different emotions from doing this, which from like watching that being like, I'm a de- to a degree, there's a degree of me that's happy for Sunderland. I wanted them to win over Wickham. Um, I'm also sad that we get to play Wickham next year because I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that again. I don't want to see them. Um, we'll see what happens there. I guess there's going to be a lot of changes in the summer. So who knows what type of team we'll play in Wickham and who knows whether that's <clears throat> a top six battle, you know, at any point in the season or whether it's it's not. So that's something else to keep in mind. Um, but also as I like chatting to my dad about Sunderland and it's like, you know, they've been down here for like four years. They've had plenty of time to be disappointed, plenty of times to try and rebuild and get something right. So it looks like they've got there, which is fantastic. Mm. Um, we now joined Wickham with one of the the only relegated team that didn't bounce back up as Rotherham went back up. Um, you know, obviously Wigan has spent like a few seasons being being a bit shit and having some issues themselves. So I was chatting with dad and he was saying like, you know, I, I guess sometimes you can kind of ride the crest of the wave or it's going to take you a number of seasons to rebuild. We we had a very haphazard, very quick rebuild, which I think we were excited for because um, <clears throat> we were seeing the end of a very moneyed era under Chancery when the relegation from the championship. So there was an excitement to kind of flex our muscle in this league. As mm. Sheffield Wednesday with a <clears throat> with a decent budget for this league and that reputation and behind us, including some of the players who we managed to keep from that period to go. Um, it just feels like that was like the last bite of a cherry. I don't know then, what, or a last bite of a cherry from like a money perspective. We but then failed. that's wrong, isn't it? Because last year we were under an embargo. We couldn't spend any money. And that, that, that was at the heart of why Corbino went elsewhere. We couldn't offer a loan fee. We could only pay people's wages. So we were relying on free loans and free transfers we couldn't pay anybody any money for transfer fees whereas now we're not under an embargo so in terms of the money tap this should be our chance to make a splash actually and last time we were only able to hold on to what we had really mm. I, I i well i that's the that is the case in terms we were under an embargo it wasn't it we weren't, i know i know i'm just i'm just we could only I, replace like for like or or worse we had to reduce costs. That's what that means. Every single transfer had to cost us less than what we'd paid out previously or or we couldn't make it. But again, I'm just feeling like talking about this and talking through those options, it is it is depressing. And um, that kind of realisation, like I'm asking for this, like I'm, I'm saying I'm having this conversation with you. I know you're not the man who is, you know, in charge of the coffers uh, well, Wednesday. That's Mr. Chancery. Big reveal. <sighs> Three, three seasons, 148 episodes. Actually, I've been secret bossing you the whole time. <laughs> I'm Depp John Chancery. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird thing. I didn't expect to have, we really, really wanted a number one to come in last mm. season in the preseason. We didn't expect it. Peacock Farrell came in, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and one of the one of the uh, the many Wednesday youth understudies managed to you know, shuffle on out the door for a year. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's going to be a harder season for us in this. I think it's beginning a bit more of the rebuild. Um, it just feels like, it, it feels like the players that we have, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not feeling good yet. Like when I'm talking through it and when I'm trying I'm, to think. 
yeah. logistically about it. I just, I think it's in some ways it's going to be a harder season for us next year. Even though I, 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 I can't see it being, I cannot see this being be from 18. a top six position, a as difficult a season. Yeah, it won't be. It won't be eighty-two points to get into the playoffs next. No, season. that's ridiculous. That won't happen again. Uh, so I, uh, it's interesting. So it's interesting. We're so kind of diametrically opposed here because I finished the season feeling. I think the playoffs are the playoffs. You just have to kind of psychologically put them in a different place <laughs> to to the season proper. It's a kind of. It's like you play. You know, there's um. Uh, you, uh, have you heard about this? Like a game, there's I can't remember what, remember what it's called, but like they play like a game of chess and then they, they fight a round of boxing. And like the playoffs is a bit like that. Like you have you spend the whole season studiously working your way up this league, and then at the end, it's just a you play dodgeball. Like it's a complete <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different competition. And in your mind, I think you just have to separate it. Cause yeah, or, or the other thing is it's a bit like Kanye, it's like you know, Kanye with um, Taylor Swift, you know, these are all winners. We've all done really well this season, but the playoffs are like, no, you're a loser. You lost in the semi-final. You're, you're out. Get mm-hmm. lost. Um, whereas if you just finished fourth, you'd go, yeah, that was all right. Fourth is not bad. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think there's that factor. I walked away feeling the most positive I felt at the end of a season for a long time. Um I don't think I was quite aware. I, I was surprised. I thought we had longer with Mendes Lang, but and and I presumed that Hunt would be back on board. So those two have sort of surprised me. I find yeah. the, I find offering a deal to Wildsmith <coughs> truly weird. I, I find that very very strange um, because I feel like goalkeeper wise, we we gave out long contracts to average goalkeepers in the championship, and we've kind of been trying to shake that monkey off our back for a long time. And it's weird to invite the, the macaque back onto our shoulder, um, having finally got to this stage. Um, I speak in the middle of, uh, but that's another fun thing I could have mentioned in the the, the open. Uh, uh, have you got monkeypox in Canada, Luke? No, I think it's just the States where monkeypox is a thing. Right? Well, it's in the UK as well. We had one case. There was one case, the first recorded case about a week ago, and now there's 20, just to kind of that will timestamp things for people. But it really feels like suddenly to go from one to 20, and then next time we're going to be like, now there's hundreds, now there's thousands. Turns out everyone's got monkeypox. You've got monkeypox. And you look at, look at your hands in horror. Ah! <laughs> oh, it, it is it is cropping up in Canada. Apologies. It's okay. Um, just, yeah, so just speaking about monkey on the back, and I couldn't help but think about how awful it looks to how, how awful monkeypox looks. Um, <laughs> but I, my my positivity in walking away is I feel like I think Darren Moore was had more of a say in our transfer dealings last summer than I feel like a manager has had in previous years. I, I felt like he got players that he wanted. A lot of them seem to have a personal connection to him um, or personally joined us because of him. Uh, I hope and expect that to be the case this summer. So he's in charge of recruitment again. He should have more money to go on. We should be we should be able to pay transfer fees. We should be able to offer better wages. We should be able to offer loan fees. So I think in terms of our, our options, I think we did really, really well to scrabble together the squad that we got from 
the odds and sods that were available to us. But I think it will be better. We will have a a more considerable buffet to draw on. Um, sort of the equivalent of going between a Toby Carvery and one of those ridiculous Vegas buffets. Um, <laughs> you know, like you can have some warmed through meat and uh, and uh, Yorkshire puddings, which is tremendous. It's good. There's good stuff at the Toby Carvery. But when you go to that Vegas Carvery, you can have crab legs. It's a, it's a whole new world. They'll make an omelette right on the spot for you. Um, How about fish with some sorbet? <laughs> on a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm more positive. I do think there's a lot of work to do. It does worry me that we've essentially got to sign a whole new defence. Um, yeah. But maybe, maybe Dean, what if... Come the first of July, we or or come re- release time for their leagues, we find out that Gibson and um, Dean are signed. But maybe we've don't come to a pre-contract agreement with them. You know, that's a does that immediately make things feel much better, much more secure? I don't know, but I think we've got we've got Gregory, who's great. We've got Bannon, who's fantastic. Um, we've got Johnson, who's Top, top draw. If Byers is able to replicate his his sort of second half of the season, his post-Christmas form, there's another really tremendous player. Uh, we've got Adoniran to come back, who'll feel like a new signing because we've not really seen him for six months. If I offers fit, another player who is streets ahead of this division, really, on, a, on t- in terms of pure ability. Same with Windass. So I, I'm... I'm quite hopeful, and it's, go- it's not going to be as good of a division. I think l- getting rid of Sunderland as rivals is is quite good because they were a good young side. Wickham were are an old old team, and the chances are they might lose their manager. Um, Forest Green, who got promoted, have already lost their manager. So whether they can make a like for like replacement and can keep their momentum going, who knows? Derby will be in all sorts of problems. Um, and potentially in free fall. I, I, I just think it's not going to be as tough a division, and I think potentially we're in a better spot in terms of our recruitment. So I'm, I'm positive about the season going forward. So that's fun. We're, we're at completely different ends of things. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually overly optimistic, but I think you're overly pessimistic at times. So maybe it'll be somewhere in between and we'll have an okay-ish season. We'll have like a 7 out of 10 season. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd take that yeah um anything else we want to consider i don't think so no no well it's been fun it's been fun to speculate i'm intrigued i think that i think patterson getting his extra year messes things up a little bit i think we would have gone and signed a striker or two if patterson hadn't mm. triggered this extra year it feels like a bit of a surprise to the club and us that, that he's kind of reached this, whatever the milestone was. Presumably it was a number of g- games played. Um, or we were expecting him to want to go elsewhere and that whatever opportunity he had was has disappeared. So he's gone, you know what, I will actually stay for that year that I'm able to stay for. Um, so that's intriguing but I, I, want, I think it might not be the worst idea I think if we had Patterson on one right if, we, if Patterson was right wing back and Johnson on the other side that could be quite a good pretty formidable wing back offering and it mm. wouldn't be Hunt but it would be 
he'd be a real threat coming in at that far post. Johnson's deliveries with with Patterson just arriving out of nowhere is that is is true. And I mean, I I mean, like to the nature of this, it's like I I think one thing I I think I kind of agreed with you with that is that I'd like to see that be something. If that is something we're going to try, I think we need to try it more than once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It needs to be a run, doesn't it? Yeah. I think that I think that Patterson his his versatility has harmed him hasn't it in terms of his performances undoubtedly like being able to play in lots of positions has meant he's played in lots of positions but it it it's not allowed him to concentrate and get his head down in any particular one look at uh, Phil Neville was the classic example kind of a la- a bit of a joke at man united because he would fill in anywhere became uh, holding midfielder for Everton, and he's a club legend by the end of his career. Patterson needs to maybe buckle down and just pick a position and apply all of his his fun dark arts tricks and his enthusiasm to it. But I could see him. I think he'd be a good addition at both in both boxes from right wing back. I think they don't. I don't think he's good enough at being a striker to be a striker. I don't want him to t- to take that that position up really. And I don't think he's good enough for being a midfielder to be a midfielder. Um, but maybe as a defender, then you benefit from all his weirdness. It's like, okay, he's a good solid defender. He's six foot two or six foot three. He battles for everything. Like his life depends on it. All those things are really good at the back. Plus actually he can run a bit with it. He can cross and he can, he can pop up and take the odd chance. I think he becomes again, he becomes a kind of useful bag of tricks rather than being a misfit which rather than being a bag a bag yeah just a bag just a mangy old bag um (laughs) well on that note that mangy old bag note luke let's Mm. let's wrap things up Mm -hmm. um one of us will maybe right or we'll both be proved wrong uh by the season itself uh but yeah it's fun to know fun to know we're starting from such different Jump off points in terms of the season ahead. Let's see what the, the what the summer brings. What the transfers? Uh, what transfers? Come I our way. I feel like you know I should be like the the leader of a political party, and I come out just saying everything's going to be shit. Really upset people. And at the end of it, I'm like ah, but you know. And then we start playing D reams. Things will only get better <laughs> because because <laughs> things only get better from my viewpoint, right? Yeah. And I think, to be honest, that is often my default setting. Is if you if you really set the you know, expectations to just terrible, then everything is a pleasant surprise. Mm. <laughs> if you expect to get beat six nil and you only lose two nil, then well, it could have been worse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, we could be looking at. I think I've been pleased. <laughs> I'd said I said as much on house talk. Even being linked to Pantouche Camera is quite exciting <laughs> because it's, it's the things that D Reams are made of, isn't it, Rich? It's the things that D Reams are made of. If we manage to go out and sign one of our favorite opposition players from the season from a promotional rival, then I think the division should be pretty worried. I, I think we may start drinking the old. HMS Pistol League uh, juice really nice and early. Yeah, we're, we're, we're fucking going up juice. <laughs> as, the meme, as the meme goes, yeah. Yeah, buckets of it pouring down our faces. Um, right, anyway, um, let's wrap this up. 
<laughs> you imagine like with that juice we are like uh like uh what's his name in sideways paul always paul fucking giamatti oh giamatti always the pig <laughs> i don't i i've not seen sideways but i'm very much aware that my impression of paul giamatti is is um James Adomian's impression of Paul Giamatti. It's my impression. Exactly. Of James exactly. Um, yeah, on that Paul Giamatti-based point, let's say let's say cheerio and uh, look after yourself, Luke, and we'll we'll talk again soon. Uh, cheerio, folks at home. Thanks, Rich. Have a good one. Thank you.